everyone and welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 14. I'm Ryan Prasad and with me is my co-host Alan Ibrahim. Hello. How are you, Alan? I'm doing all right. I'm alive. I'm kicking. Hey, you want to know some hot trivia? Some hot Fireside Friends trivia? Ooh, put it on the fire. This, toast it up. This is, this is episode 14. Uh-huh. And we're going to release this on the 14th. Oh, my God. Ooh, <laughs> and and you, nice. know, you know when we started the podcast? We started the podcast on Valentine's Day, which is on the 14th. So there's something. There's a conspiracy going on. <laughs> is this show about us all slowly falling in love? Just like No. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. It's about the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are down one Katie. Uh, she had an emergency. And she's okay uh, from what I've heard. But we wish her the best. Um and our resident uh, Katie replacement, Jackson Tyler, couldn't be here because they haven't played Undertale. Uh, so we have Shannon Strucci here. Hey! Video editor, Mac and Cheetos critic. <laughs> True. Uh, you can't actually get those anymore, as it turns out. Oh, good. The historic, <laughs> so, the historic artifact. I, I was talking to my friend about it, and her boyfriend had also eaten them. And I was like, it, it's like you're, you, you can eat them, but it's like you're poisoning your body. And she's like, that's what yeah. he said. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just like salt and grease. And it's just, and I, I ate two things of those. Ugh. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I'm on one hand, I'm sad that I missed out on the moment. But, like, I'm also glad that I didn't actually put that in my body. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's everybody been up to? Alan, you want to talk about stuff? Uh, I've been busy doing the things for this podcast a lot in the last two weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I spent like a whole day watching, and this is weird, but I spent a whole day watching Shannon's uh, Film Nerd, How to Be a Film Nerd series. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's cool. Which is like really good. People should watch that. And we're going to do plugs at the end. But like, uh, I want to like bring that to my old film professor and be like, look at this. Look, someone did this. And look <laughs> at this video on auteur theory. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> but I watched that. Um, I've been, I've been hanging out. I'm doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the part where I do like the thing, the, the thing, the capital T thing that I did this week? That's what I was going for. But if you want to just like t- do fluff for 20 more minutes. <laughs> the podcast is all <laughs> fluff. It's the Kirby podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, what did I, what's the thing I want to talk about this week? Uncanny X-Force, um, is a comic book. Um, okay. for those of the, of uh, you at home who have kept up with my brand, I am, uh, a very, very, very big X-Men that's a, fan. Thing, <laughs> that's a great sentence you got right there. Yes. Those, for those of you who have been keeping up with my brand. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you keep up with my brand at home, just remember to use the right hashtag and uh, always keep up. Because uh, it's changing every day. But Uncanny mm-hmm. X-Force was a comic book that came out between like 2010 and 2012 uh, by this dude, Rick Remender, for Marvel. And it's basically... For those who don't know, X-Force is like the dark, edgy X-Men, the ones who are like, okay, killing people. Um, And they've been around since the 90s, as you can tell, because that whole concept is very 90s. Uh, But he did this run in 2010 that is just like the first arc of it is sort of the most telling about where it went, because the whole thing is that, uh, you know, Apocalypse from the movie, Mm -hmm. that whole blue boy, that whole thing. You know, I actually forgot that movie existed until like last week. I constantly <laughs> forget that movie existed, and I am that glad. movie wasted Oscar Isaac. Yeah, it's, it's offensive. Oscar Isaac as like Bi- Barney to dinosaur or whatever. <laughs> what the hell? Sucker Punch used Oscar Isaac better than that movie, is what I'm saying. And Sucker oh Punch is God. trash. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot you saw that movie in theaters. Um, uh, <laughs> Sucker Punch is bad. Uh, Uncanny X-Force is kind of bad, but in, like, an interesting way, because, um, Remender, like, pulls in all these different parts of X-Men lore, and it's pretty, like, you kind of have to know a lot to get into it, and for the last couple years, I've been listening to this podcast called, uh, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, where, um, it's this, like, married couple, and they just, like, go through all of X-Men continuity and talk about it, and, like, reading Uncanny X-Force felt like the end of that whole arc where it's like all right i know who the captain britain core are and i know what the age of apocalypse is and now i can read the story about um them trying to kill kid apocalypse on the moon before uh he grows up and turns into real big boy apocalypse oh whoops <laughs> sorry my glasses <laughs> fell off like i'm velma from scooby-doo I, did you just drop the mic no i <laughs> don't drop all this knowledge no my glass I'm, I'm good but um <laughs> I dropped all the knowledge and then I dropped everything. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's like, it's fascinating. It's really beautiful, but like it is doing the, it's like, 
if you wrote a comic in 2010 that tried to be dark in the 90s way, or it's like, ah, uh, Psylocke is sad that her future self is so mean, so she's going to commit seppuku. Uh, it, <laughs> like, it's just, it's that kind of stuff. But it's, like, glee, it's gleefully grimdark. Um, mm-hmm. And Nightcrawler's in it, but it's, it's like... Gleefully the- grimdark is in the name of my new band. <laughs> what genre are we talking? <sighs> I'm sorry for yes-handing you. Well. <laughs> you got a yes and Ryan. Got a yes and. I didn't expect a commitment to the bit. I don't know. It's fucking prog rock. There you bullshit. go. There you go. <laughs> That'll do. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, it's good. It's very good. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, Age of, Age of Apocalypse is Nightcrawler's in it, and I'll read anything that Nightcrawler's in because he's my sweet, beautiful boy. But like, I don't know. There's better X Men comics to read because I think X Men at its core is about like. Uh, disadvantaged people um trying to make their way and trying to like come to grips with their differences from the rest of the world uh mm-hmm. x-force is kind of about that it's kind of like people being like is it okay that i like killing people and that sometimes i think killing people is fine um and it does explore that stuff but then it also just becomes like a really loud sounding board for remender's like uh, masculinity issues towards the end uh because like dakin is in it and for people who don't know dakin is like wolverine's cloned son who has a mohawk and is very goth uh <laughs> and dakin is just like talking to his dad like oh dad i really you never gave me a real childhood you gave kid apocalypse a real childhood like that's a real that's a real exchange that happens for most of an issue um but i don't know overall and then it ends like fine and uh marvel has done a lot of better stuff since and before that but that it was an interesting like interim story between the other marvel stuff that i've been reading over the last couple of years mm-hmm Cool. Uh, Shannon, you been up to anything? Um, I got really into the musical company. I don't know anything about musicals or Broadway or theater, but I have a massive crush on the actor role of Sparza, mm-hmm. uh, who's in Hannibal. And um, I'm actually cosplaying as his character from Hannibal at DragonCon in a month. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, oh, and yeah, as a plug, if anyone's going to DragonCon, I'm going to be hosting a couple or be on a couple of panels there for the first time. It's my seventh year going, so that's really exciting. Awesome. I've just been listening to a lot of music from Company, and like, because uh, it's about his characters, like in his thirties, and all of his friends are married, and he's sort of coming to terms with that and figuring out if he wants to get married or just like not be alone and like dealing with uh, his relationships with all of his different uh, friends. And I was like, oh, I can. I'm a lot younger than that, but I, a lot of my friends are in long term relationships or are getting married, and it's like, oh, this is weird that I can relate to this so much when I'm 25. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. so that's that's it. Awesome. I saw The Lobster. Hey! Hey! And then I made Alan watch The Lobster. <laughs> I was sat down and told, you need to watch The Lobster. And I, I love did. The Lobster. It's so good. I love it so much. Uh, well, Alan, what do you think of The Lobster? <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to start with this. Uh, <laughs> I dug it. I I have, like, minor problems with it, just in terms of, like, how it goes, how it progresses structurally. Like, I think it's paced really weirdly. But, mm. um... Like, I saw Dogtooth, which is the director's, like, previous big film. I guess big. It was a foreign language film that didn't barely made it to the States. But, like, I thought that was not awesome. But I understood where he was going for. And I think The Lobster is a much more, like, mature progression of his whole, like, theme and his whole aesthetic. Um, Because it's absolutely gorgeous. And um, so is Colin Farrell. Like, he's a a sexy man. Yeah. yeah, and I just I, the I could watch the first third of that movie like eternally. Uh, it's like if people have seen Black Mirror, it's like the best episode of Black Mirror ever. Yeah, yeah, I've seen comparisons. <laughs> yeah, there too. That was the first thing that I came to, and then like the second and third act, I felt like were a little bit less interesting to me. But mm. um, there was some good world building, and I thought that the performances were just like stellar across the board, and they had a lot of smart things to say about like relationships and and companionship and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it kind of dragged on a little bit uh, in the second half, but I still just, just uh, oh boy, <laughs> this is gonna happen. I just stutter, mumble over my words, but um, yeah, just the like weird sense of humor and just the like world it sets up and just figuring stuff as it goes along and just yeah, it, it's it's really good. Shannon, you saw the lobster, correct? 
I saw it in January when no one else had seen it, so I was Ooh, yelling at people oh. for six months <laughs> to see The Lobster. I, and I saw it again in theaters. I, I put it on my top ten of the past several years list on Letterboxd. I loved it. So, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I can agree, especially the second time I saw it. Um, the first half and the second half were really different. I liked it. Yeah. As a whole, yeah. I, I saw a lot of people with that complaint, and I totally understand that. But as far as like the, the sense of humor and the way that it takes uh, real-world cultural issues... And yeah. satirizes them, and this through this lens of like completely unrealistic, like very affected, you know, strange. I really, really love that because I feel like it gets to the point of it better than it might have if it were like realistic, right, or if it yeah. seemed like it was set in our own world. And uh, yeah, everyone in it is fantastic. The gags are fantastic. Uh, it's dark enough without being too bleak that I disengage from it, which I really right. like. Yeah, and yeah. I just loved it so much. If you uh we're in the situation that Colin Farrell's character was in what animal would you want to be turned into Ooh, I don't know I thought about that I would just be boring and be like a cat like a house yeah cat. I'd probably just want to be a dog they say that immediately they're like everyone wants to be yeah. a dog <laughs> I know I know it's easy and it's the closest I guess so unless you want to be like a a uh, a monkey or something just like I'm gonna be close like an evolutionary uh predecessor to humans and be able yeah, to like, walk be like a bonobo feet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're right. But, like, I don't know what animal I would be. I really like his justification, though. I thought that stuff was really smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very calculating in the way that, like, his whole character, he just feels like somebody who doesn't, like, know how social graces work. Like, a lot of people in that movie are just like, this is, I guess, what I'm supposed to say and how I'm supposed to feel. Like, they all feel like they're being performatively emotive, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but that's also, like, the society that they live in. Right, right. It's why every single character in that movie, even when it gets away from the first half, is still playing to to nothing. Like, playing at, like, a monotone, no affect, just, like... That's why I, like, I'll be be fair and say that uh, my attention span isn't amazing. And, like, I was way into it in the beginning, and then because everything was still so flat by the second half, even though I was still interested, I was just, like, losing interest and then i kind of like took a break and came back to it by the time Mm -hmm. they were like in the woods and i thought all that stuff was super cool i was just less into it than the beginning and then the ending is amazing like we don't need to talk about it but like the final scene is everything that's like oh you you did it (laughs) you did the you managed everything you tried to say yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely very impressive and i'm really curious to see what he does next because you do like again if you people see dog tooth i don't know if i can recommend that movie easily but like if you ever see that and then you watch the lobster and you're like, I can see this guy's getting somewhere, but he's not there yet. And the lobster is like, just that he's basically there. Like give him one more movie <laughs> and it'll just be like the best thing I've ever seen. All right. But how badly do you want to go into a forest and dance to electronic music? <laughs> that scene is so good. <laughs> it's so, f- I think my other big laugh is where I won't say someone kicks a little girl in the leg. Oh yeah. But the reason why it happens is so funny. It's so good. <laughs> oh like, my Ow. God. <laughs> mommy here's the knife kill him <laughs> like, all of those that whole group of people it is fascinating and they're like in you know, living in a boat and all this stuff oh, matching yeah. shirts i was so i don't want to like drag this on but like i was talking to ryan about this film before i saw it and i was asking if they considered it to be sci-fi uh hmm. and we kind of had this discussion about like this i think it was on a live stream actually uh about like what's the difference between star wars and blade runner sci-fi and like speculative fiction sci-fi um because mm-hmm. you were arguing that it's actually not science fiction because there's not much that's like scientific about it but i still think that like social critique stuff can fall under sci-fi in a way yeah i mean i'm not well versed enough in <laughs> like i'm not the person to ask maybe but i'd have to do more research i guess um i could see a case for it being sci-fi um yeah who knows like the the first Black Mirror episode is barely it barely deviates from like realistic stuff, but I would still mm-hmm. like, you know the whole show stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know enough about sci-fi either. So I've I've never I don't know. I, I took a science fiction class in college when I shouldn't have because <laughs> I like couldn't read for shit. Um, so I'm not the person to ask. That's fair. I think uh, it's just something for the audience to consider also. Because, yeah, Black Mirror is a good example of, like, this is clearly all about technology, but not every episode features, like, science fiction tropes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, like, does discussing technology classify it as science fiction? Or is that just, like, technology fiction? I think genre stuff like that is interesting. But, mm-hmm. again, not a question for us to answer here. Just a thought I'm putting out there. 
Is there anything else on the lobster? I really like the scene where she jumps out the window. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. The second time I saw it was in the theater and I was just like, oh, with my friend and her uh and her mom sitting there. Like, oh, this is so but it's funny too. It's, it's so, so sad. funny. It's so Cuz there's that long there's a long scene in like the truck where she's talking about like if she doesn't find a partner, she's going to jump out the window. Yeah. And doesn't she like jump off of like the like second floor window or yeah. something? Yeah, it's not high enough. It's not high enough. <laughs> so she's just screaming on the floor like way too loud. And it's so long. And that woman is just sitting there. The the sociopath, the psychopath woman is just sitting there. I can't like, hear ah. you over the sound of this woman dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then so Colin Farrell walks up and he's like, "Oh, that's so annoying. Let's go. I could just sleep." <laughs> That their whole, that's what I'm saying like their whole relationship was fascinating just like the way that we like try to change ourselves for other people and like mm-hmm. that's clearly that's like the easy metaphor for what they're what they're trying to say but I, it was handled so well in all of the performances like ugh John C Riley's in that movie let's not forget <laughs> Puts oh he's the great toaster. oh I love him so much yeah oh, that toaster scene was uncomfortable though but yeah, uh, yeah. A lot <laughs> most of the stuff. a lot of the movie is uncomfortable yes very yeah. true it's great it's great yeah it's so good. Uh, I went and watched the like almost every Lynch film. I did. I did that. Oof. Nice. You're ahead of me. I love him, <laughs> but I haven't seen all of Whoa. his films. What have you seen? Oh no, I'm gonna. I'm a fraud. I've only oh. seen. I've seen most of Eraserhead. We were mm-hmm. watching it the day before yesterday, and the power went out. Oh, so I didn't finish oh, it. Man. I've seen Blue Velvet like five times, mm-hmm. and I've seen Mulholland Drive, and I've seen most of Twin Peaks. <gasps> Right. I haven't seen Lost Highway. Oh, and I've seen Elephant Man. Okay. Oh, you, I haven't seen Firewalk with me. It's more than me, but I also don't watch a lot of movies. I'm I've a seen... big, fil- big right. Lynch <laughs> and also you're the film, film person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I really like Wild at Heart. It's like a over the top road movie with Nick Cage and Laura Dern. Ugh, beautiful. It's so much fun. <laughs> um. Lost Highway's okay. I thought it retreaded a lot of themes that were that was in Blue Velvet mm-hmm. and did it. It was just overwhelming. Um, Dune is a mess. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know if I'll ever watch Dune. I don't know if I, I can not Yeah, I can't recommend it cuz uh, it was supposed to be 3 hours and then the studio made it come I made him cut it down to 2 and then he put like a bunch of voiceover in it to <laughs> tell you what the characters are thinking. <laughs> Uh, and there's like a whole relationship that happens purely through narration. Oh god, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> really, rough. It's really bad. But it had cool like eyes. it had cool like set design and character like design and stuff. But right, oof. Also, like the villain is gay, and they make that a thing. Hey, that's cool. wait, mm. no, yeah, no. Not, no, no. I was gonna say actually, no. That's mm, it's a little bit of a trope. Uh, <laughs> I've seen that before. Yeah, I, I recognize that from everything. Uh, Yodorowsky's Doom is a film. Dune is a film that I want to watch. Uh, also, there's a. Do you care if I like spoil a scene that's in it? No, go for it. Or do you want to? Uh, there, Yodorowsky. You know, it's like his. The whole thing is that his version of Dune fell through, and it was how amazing it would have been, and how you know this dream. And there's a part where he talks about seeing David Lynch's version in the theater. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I was so nervous, and I was talking to my daughter, and blah blah, and then I saw it, and it was shit, and I felt amazing, and it's really fun. I mean, you're <laughs> like a creep, but that scene is hysterical. Um, oh, that's awesome. And it's it's worth watching that movie for that scene. It was shit or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's very funny. Uh, it's a good documentary too. Right. Inland Empire. I can't tell you what the fuck happened in that <laughs> movie. But I didn't. I didn't hate it. Uh, I know people who really don't like that movie, but I thought it was fine. You also what do you think of Mulholland Drive? Yeah. I, Mulholland Drive is my favorite one. I love movie. it. It's so good. More than Blue Velvet? Yeah. No, it's... Yeah. It I has more to it. Yeah, yeah. There's... Yeah. They're both I like really Blue good. Just, yeah. They're both really good. Um, And uh, I'm going to... Shane, I'm going to put you on blast for a second, and you should watch Firewalk with me. Oh, my God. I know. I need to. I started <laughs> watching it for a paper in film school, but my internet connection was so bad. I had it, I rented it on Amazon. It was like five pixels. It looked terrible. I was like, I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> so I started watching it once, but it looked, it was like 240p or something. Mm-hmm. And it looked like garbage. And I was like, I'm not doing this. That's um, a movie yeah. you want to get to look nice. Cause yeah. Yeah. There's a it's lot great. to it. To um, be fair, that was like four years ago, but still. <laughs> I tried. Right, right. I've seen Era- Eraserhead, which mo- a lot of people have seen Eraserhead. It's probably, ugh, it's challenging. 
I was sleepy. Well, I mean, I loved it. I love Lynch, but I, it was the wrong time for me to start watching it. And the power went out, so it didn't even matter. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because just Eraserhead is, like, so abstract that you're like, I don't even know what this movie's about until someone talks about it. And then you're like, okay, I can piece together what I think this movie's about. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack Nance is in it. And Jack Nance is one of our, was one of our greatest living actors until he unfortunately passed away in 1996. Yeah, he was wonderful. Yes, in Twin He's Peaks great as in well. Twin Peaks. Yes, yeah. there's a fish in the percolator, <laughs> wrapped in plastic. <laughs> so you think? Okay, random question. Like, is it? Do you like the wrapped in plastic line more than like any time Gordon Cole is on screen? Because I feel like it's pretty close. Uh, I I don't know. I think the wrapped in plastic line is amazing because it's like one of the fr- it's like the first line of the show or something. It's one of the first lines. Uh, and so you're just like, oh, what is this? Why is he talking like that? But then Gordon <laughs> Cole comes in and you're like, oh, this is perfect. I love everything about this. Why is he screaming? <laughs> he only I, I can't think of any of his lines, though. I'm trying. I'm like looking. Oh, I remember, I remember him one. screaming all the time and he's hysterical. <laughs> but I, I remember wrapped in plastic and there's a fish in the percolator. Oh, Gordon Cole's best line is easy. It's, uh, see this, honey? This is a three-quarter view of two lovers sharing a tender moment. And it's gonna happen again. <laughs> so good. Like, his character falls. Doesn't, doesn't he tell Cooper that he reminds him of a chihuahua? Cooper, you remind me today of a small Mexican chihuahua. You yeah, remind me of a young chihuahua. chihuahua. He says chihuahua. <laughs> You remind me. <laughs> There's a scene in Inland, Inland Empire where he shouts off camera, and I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, but yeah, small Mexican chihuahua to be precise, but <laughs> so perfect. Uh, All right, David is Lynch. that going to be it before we take a quick break? I think so. All right, we'll be right back. Our shared experience for the episode is Undertale. Shannon, uh, you forced my friends, you inadvertently forced my friends to finally play Undertale. So uh, <laughs> give us like your general thoughts on this video game. 
Oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> I played it a co- like a month after it came out, so like around I guess around last October, I can't or whenever or whenever it came out um and I played it in just a couple days and I loved it so much because it was just like and I didn't know at first that it was um a game that was basically made by one person. I mean, right. other people did art and assets and some of the design stuff, but Toby Fox did most of it. And just as far as being uh, really, really charming, really funny, at times really sad and really scary and uh, inclusive and just mm-hmm. uh, also a blast to play and like using uh, game mechanics to sort of discuss violence in games in a way that's a lot better than a lot of games have handled it. Um, I just thought it was like absolutely perfect and I, lo- I got obsessed with it for a little bit. I'm probably, I, might, I was going to try to cosplay as Sans soon but i don't know if i'll be able to do that mm-hmm. i actually i bought the frisk shirt which oh. is like uh that's not like a hard cut co- like i already like i just need a shirt and jeans <laughs> and you i already use they them pronouns so i'm good yeah <laughs> uh alan i think is this your first time actually playing undertale yes um right. what do you think <laughs> This podcast episode really can be partly defined by me being forced to do things and consume things that I wasn't <laughs> planning on. I'm actually like really sad that Katie wasn't here because she was the one uh, that I wanted to hear from the most. Because just because uh, she had told me that she doesn't really drive well with like pixel art games, but right. uh, I talked to her a few days ago and she uh, sounds like she liked it more than she thought she would, <laughs> uh, which is really nice. I would anyway. love. I would love to also, yeah, ask her or get her to like record a thing to put here or something. And it just was, yeah. yeah. But um, I had watched this game be played originally um on the YouTube ch- on the YouTube channel Game Grumps uh last year. Uh, they did a full neutral ending playthrough, then a true ending, and then a genocide run, which they live streamed the final boss mm-hmm. of. Uh, so I was like, oh, I've seen all of Undertale, and then Ryan was like, no, but you should play Undertale. Uh, that, that's what that was Shannon. I was or really, yeah, you were like Shannon said that you have to play it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But it's it's a different. I absolutely agree. experience. Yeah, and I'm glad that you because I was arguing with someone else on Twitter about that. Like, oh, I could, it's like no, a, a good a game that uses the medium well, right? To really experience it, you can't have a second hand, you know. And also, just like you know, there's parts of the genocide run that that joke and make comments about the fact, like, hey, if you're watching this as a let's play, then you're not really participating. And like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, calls you is, like a coward yes <laughs> which is great and then i'm like well don't be mean and then i played it <laughs> so now i win uh but the things that i noticed from playing it myself were a the best music holy crap yeah. uh and b like it is such a more tender and like calming and nice game at least as like a neutral and uh true playthrough uh than i remembered when watching it because when watching it like watching two fucking white dudes play it you're just like oh this is like a game that we're all gonna make goops about and talk about like oh he said get dunked on ha 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 but like there's there's a lot of like heart and genuine like it's incredibly well paced i love that it's mm-hmm. short i don't think that enough games are short um because i finished the neutral and true blending playthrough and i play games very slowly in like two short sittings like maybe maximum four hours to be fair you didn't have to worry about dying right i will say that though i did play this game with a trainer i'll just <gasps> i know oh my god no tr- not a true <laughs> gamer girl but like it's uh, it's like i don't i like the combat i think some of the combat like the mechanics are brilliant and i did participate in them i just didn't like i was still doing the jumps and the movements uh mm-hmm. because i think that game would be so boring if you didn't even try to play it but uh i wasn't trying to worry about like having to restart constantly uh, mm. And I loved it. I thought it was so. It's just like the least cynical, most like pleasant, like story about friendship and how it's worth it more than anything else in the world to try to maintain the friendships and relationships that you have in your life. Uh, mm-hmm. And like as a game that has captured the hearts and minds of so many young people, especially, it's really inspiring. Similar to Steven Universe, which is a thing I compare it to a lot, but like it's so it makes me so happy that younger people are playing this and like learning these things at a younger age than I did. Yeah. Uh, the thing I like about uh, I love this game. Just disclaimer, but anyway, um, the thing I really like about it is that the like the f- like the relationship stuff is not like an actual mo- like game mechanic. Unlike so- like I compare it a lot to Persona because it it mm-hmm. evokes that for me, um, especially towards the end where it, you're like straight up calling out to your friends um, in this like JRPG moment. But 
like the actual like relationship stuff aside from like getting the true ending it's not like you're gonna be better at combat because you went out with papyrus right. or whatever um which feel it makes it helps it feel more genuine or at least the, like the message like it makes it feel genuine because like outside of just like i'm gonna go hang out with this character is not really any other motivation to do so uh that's relevant to making the game easier to play um and it's just there's so many like specific like weird ideas um and just weird one-off shit that like you don't see in other games just because like if you like game development is such that like you make a billion like specific things you can't guarantee that everybody's going to see it and this game doesn't really care about that um and i appreciate appreciated that a lot um and another thing is just like there's this game just has like a like it reminds me of psychonauts and that there's just like i said a bunch of weird ideas and i don't know just um just all the character and all the writing is really clever um and it doesn't it feels like a unique vision i guess is what i'm trying to say i think part of that is is that again because it's short and because it was made by such a small team uh it gets to be bespoke in a way that a lot of other video games Mm -hmm. don't like I never felt like there was a medium of like, oh, this is what you do in Undertale other than like you try to befriend a bunch of monsters. Uh, But that's like the tagline of the whole game. Like the part where you're playing it is you walk forward and you go on adventures. Like uh, there Mm -hmm. is no boring part of Undertale, you know, like there's no fluff. There's no wasted time. Uh, Even in the true ending, like you do have to do a little bit of backtracking and stuff. But even that stuff is like expedited by fast travel and all that. Like there's just no there's nothing that other games have where it's like, oh, the game's great except for this one part. Um, which, like, I've been playing Psychonauts with a friend recently for our Let's Play channel, uh, and that game is also just like, you do nothing in that game except progress. Um, mm-hmm. But that game had more, way more side stuff. Like, there's a little bit of side stuff in Undertale, but it's kind of all in service of, like, getting to know these people better. Um, th- but, like, you're talking about all these, like, specific little moments, and I really liked that night that Ryan and I spent on Skype just, like, playing through undertale for a couple hours and just being like oh remember this part like all oh, the dummy and like uh onion sand is like the best character and like oh just like <laughs> giggling at all these little <laughs> tiny things that you might miss one time or you're gonna like laugh at another time like these little cute lines uh mm. and it's charming because of that like you're never every corner that you turn you're gonna find something cool and weird and every npc has something funny to say to you uh yeah and then it gets to the true yeah. ending and then it rips your heart out but <laughs> <laughs> The first time I played it, I didn't notice that when you look through the telescope and everything's red, yep. that it was because Sans had painted it, and when you turn around, you have it around your eye. Like, I missed that. But then, I don't know, <laughs> Let's Play, or I was like, oh, that's so, ah, oh, like, just another little, or that you can stack hot dogs on top of your head yep. when you buy yep. hot dogs. There's Yeah, there's a million little, and it adds a certain replayability that's not like, oh, I gotta get another ending, or another skin, or another, you know. Right. It's just, I want to more fully explore this world. Yeah. I'm trying. What are what's ever do? What are some? Let's just talk favorite moments. There's like so many. Uh, Timmy Village. Yep. Oh God. It was worth finding it. It took me a while to turn around and find it, but I did it. Uh, because everything in there, and then you like look at the the mural on the wall, and it's just like a dragon, and Timmy's on a cliff, and it's like <laughs> our beautiful, our storied history, <laughs> something like that. Um. I like everything with Alphys. I think we should talk about Alphys as like Alphys is the uh, best character. The true in this lab game. Yep. Oh, the true oh lab. My oh my god. My That's what I'm talking the about. The true oh lab god. is just a creepy pasta. It, totally <laughs> it is. is. But then you're in the bed and a ghost and it's yes! really scary. And the go- <laughs> but the ghost is tucking you in. It's such a gentle, beautiful, and, the- and then you realize what's really going on with everything. And it's very, it's like achingly sad and you know, yeah. and just about her. She was trying so hard and just failed and all these people suffered, but she's still trying so hard, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. I was telling Ryan that, the, yeah, the, the tucking in part is, like, my favorite single quick moment because mm-hmm. it, it does the perfect, like, this game is a lot of it is about, like, showing you something and thinking it's going to go one way and then the humor comes from it going somewhere else. Uh, like, you go up to, to, is it Muppet? What's her name? Muffet? Muffet. Uh, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a big fight. Like, holy shit. And then if you have enough money and you buy food right before then, she's like, oh, thanks for supporting us. Anyways, bye. <laughs> she just leaves and you never get that boss fight. Uh, it's like a lot of tiny moments or like ways to change the game. Like, I think holding the locket during the Asgore fight or something makes him stop when he's attacking you. Uh, li- oh, there's so many little things. It's like this game feeds its community so well. Uh, yeah. And the way that people are just like 
making fan art and fan videos like we were talking about in the break like uh i was sad when i finished it we're okay talking like spoilers and stuff right of course no we don't talk about anything here. oh well well then <laughs> <laughs> um no but like the ending made me the true ending made me really sad because i was like well there's no way that they can do more of this like they're not gonna make any like adventures on earth undertale game and then i was like wait but the community has done that like they've just they, there's a million pieces of like written fan fiction and fan art on tumblr of just like Here's what happens when Sans and Papyrus go out on a driving adventure to get pizzas. Um, <laughs> that stuff all exists. But the, the true ending just feels so, like, like satisfying isn't the right word. Like, you just, I just felt content. Cathartic? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, not cathartic, but, like, it's just, I don't need to play any more of this. Like, I, this is good. Like, the, the game got this point across. These characters are great. And I'm done. And I feel happier. And I'm going to go make, like, real friends. <laughs> when I, uh, the first time I played it, I had just assumed I was going to play it through and then do, like, the No Mercy run. Um, yeah. And it was the moment, the moment I got to Timmy Village, or, like, when you're out there and you have to fight Timmy's, I was like, I am not going to kill a Timmy. I'm not <laughs> doing that. I am not. And that was my turning moment of, and then, you know, the, the game keeps going and you get so much empathy for these characters. I was like, I'm not going to kill Papyrus. It's like, no. And I got, like, way more attached than I thought it Because, you know, I'm I'm not a very emotional person. I'm like, oh, I can just play it again and get the, you know, different content depending on what you do. Because my, my friend uh, Tinker had told me, he's like, when you play it that way, it's hysterical because you become, like, an edgelord. Yep. You become this little, like, comically <laughs> evil monster. I'm like that. But then I actually, I was like, oh my god, no. I can't do that. I can't. And even, <laughs> I, I started the game over to play it with somebody. And even doing that after game yeah, three ending, no, they're like, I don't did, leave your friend. Yeah. And I felt so bad, but I was like, I'm just, it'll be, I'll do it again. It's okay. I'll be right back. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I felt like I, a jerk. Yeah, I started, I started it over for this, and I was like, no. Because <laughs> I, th- I, I thought I'd lost my save because I, like, deleted a bunch of stuff off my computer. And mm-hmm. then, no, the save was there. I felt terrible. <laughs> The thing that also makes that stuff feel like it has weight more than other games, because, like, I don't know, you finish a Final Fantasy game and, you're, and you want to start it over, and you're like, oh, I made all these, or like a Kingdom Hearts, but we don't talk about Kingdom Hearts here. <laughs> and you're like, well, I made all these friends, and now I'm ready to go and do it again. But, like, Undertale is, again, because it's, like, small and indie, can do stuff like take your save and say, like, hey, I know you saved everyone before. Now you're doing a genocide playthrough. That's not fair. Or once mm-hmm. you do one genocide playthrough, the rest of them uh, recognize that. Yeah, oh, you're taint- it's tainted forever. Yes, that's such Jesus a great... Christ. That's like, it's terrifying. Uh, my like... favorite moment early on that really got me hooked is I played and I killed Toriel. Yeah. Because I didn't realize mm-hmm. that um, I could spare. And honestly, the reason I restarted is because I used a lot of items in the fight. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And I started over. And then I think it was uh, Flowey was like, I saw what you did. Yep. And, and I was like, like, whoa, yeah! whoa, whoa, no, no. That freaked me out. Oh, that was man. amazing. That because fr- I, you know, I played it without really knowing a lot about the game or what was going right. on, apart from broad, you know. Uh, and that was absolutely. I, I don't know if I've ever experienced something just like that in a game. Mm-hmm. It's tracking so much stuff that you do between playthrough. Like everything you do is kept. Like, even me keeping the snowman piece in my inventory until the very end led to a line where Sans mm-hmm. was like, "You made a snowman very happy today." I'm like, "Yeah, that made me so happy. So worth it." I, I kept that inventory <laughs> slot open just for that. Um, uh, and then like, uh, the moment that I loved was when Ryan and I were playing it and, uh, you got to Grillby's and the moment where you go to Grillby's with Sans and Sans says, oh, I know a shortcut. And he like, it like jump cuts. And Ryan was like, oh, I thought that was just a jump cut. And I'm like, no, Sans can go through space time. Now that you know that <laughs> he opened a hole in space time and you went through it. And you're like, oh my God, the game is so subtle about this stuff. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You wouldn't know that. And then, yeah, that the, the first moments where Sans is sort of threatening after just being, oh, this is goofy, you know, ah. Uh. He's like, you know, that if it weren't for her, I would have killed you. It's like, whoa, hey, whoa, okay, whoa, cool. Whoa, hey. <laughs> and then watching play, uh, watching Let's Plays of other playthroughs where just the whole, uh, yeah, I could not have killed. I love Sans. I couldn't kill Sans. I would feel it's awful. Best. I feel like a monster. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, that Sans yeah. fight is very hard. So yeah. Uh, yeah, if you get to that, then prepare to get your butt kicked. Prepare to get dunked on repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was really funny. Yeah, every time you lose. Thing. Yeah. Which I mean, it's you know, it's like a meme now, but it, it's still funny. There's a reason that it, you know, <laughs> yeah, the stuff that earned its meme status from this game is well deserved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love in the trailer. Have y'all seen the original trailer? Or there's like a really a bizarre. Ago. It's like there's one clip in it, and it's like this probably isn't in the game. It's like a real goat with uh, 
Ezra with like her outfit on, and then there's like this weird CGI. It's really funny. I'll have to link it after. There's just like a the trailer is really bizarre and funny, hmm. basically. So even from the beginning, I was like, and I think the first thing I saw from this game was on Tumblr. It was the. I think it's lesser dog when you keep petting it yes! and its head keeps extending. God. And I was like, that is hysterical. I didn't even know what it was from. And I was just like, that is hysterical. Yep. <laughs> the real that question so I like to ask people about their opinions of Undertale is who do you prefer, lesser or greater dog? And that leads to some interesting answers. Because <laughs> lesser dog, you pet for infinity and their head expands off the screen. <laughs> but greater dog is a mecha dog because they <laughs> use that armor to fight you. And then they get out of it and you're like, oh, you're just a tiny little pup. You're not an armored man at all. <laughs> And then Greater Dog isn't Greater Dog in Grillby's and it's like yes. when he talks. That's really funny too. <laughs> like, uh, I like Lesser Dog because I it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Because <laughs> the fight can end before when you pet him like once. Yeah. Yeah, but no, no one. You got to see where this goes. I spent <laughs> probably like ten minutes. Goes off the screen, then comes back. Same thing with the hot dogs. <laughs> you can stack the hot dogs on Frisk's head until the screen stops and fans is like stop you you have enough free hot dogs friend ah oh, man i i would like to see a sans cosplay though that stuff is they like the outfits are really good too yeah <laughs> papyrus with the cool dude shirt and uh everyone's got like, everyone's very iconic that's the thing right is like even the monsters that you encounter are all memorable because mm-hmm. there's like maybe 20 of them total 30 um different types a fucking plane fell in love with me sooner plane is the best <laughs> <laughs> i think jerry was the funniest which one's jerry jerry that's the one that you ditch because everyone hates him <laughs> oh He's yeah like, can I, what's the wi-fi password can i have a ride and it's like you and the other monsters ditch jerry and i'm like that's awful that's so funny <laughs> or like you you ignore ice cap's hat Oh yeah, there's so much funny stuff. Oh yeah, that my f- my favorite are like the two guards that fall in love. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, one of them to get shirtless, and the other one has to admit their feelings, and then they're like, "I yeah. love you." <laughs> like, well, let's go get ice cream. I was, uh, uh, I was like, "Yes, my precious <laughs> guards, they're beautiful." Um, and then the uh, the Alpha's date with Undyne. Just Undyne uh, as a character in general. Anime is real, right? <laughs> yes, I love they let you choose. Like, why would you say no there? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> or in the ending where at oh in the ending where Asgore sees anime for the first time and he's like what is this like what is anime and then it's like oh it's a bunch of cartoons but with and you can say swords or guns <laughs> 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 that game Undertale was made by people who like anime Undyne is an anime character <laughs> just in mm-hmm. a nutshell which is part She's of why also I also a Tumblr kid it. it's like Undyne published a photo of a trash can with sparkles and said this is me like it's very or that was uh that was Alphys, right? Oh, Alphys, sorry, not Alphys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Post a trash can sparkles in it. Hey, it's me. Let's go to my favorite place. It's the dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Undyne is an anime kid. That's why I guess that's why Alphys loves her so much. Exactly, exactly. And then you. Oh, I didn't even think about yes. that. Shit. <laughs> Undyne loves spears and polishing weapons, and training. Yeah. Uh, and then you fight her in the genocide playthrough, and it's like the most epic, best music in the game. Like it's called "Battle Against the True Hero" because you're no longer the true hero. Ugh. <laughs> and then she melts. Oh right? yeah. In the in the oh my god. And that, yeah. another thing, I was like, I couldn't do that. I like it. She's too cool. She's too. We perfect. made spaghetti. <laughs> oh my god! All the spaghetti jokes. There's a lot of spaghetti. Everything with papyrus yeah. is so funny. There's and then there's all like the weird secret stuff. Like uh, we haven't even talked about um, Gaster. Oh. Mm-hmm, all that uh it goes you, deep yeah yeah now you're getting into like the you need the internet to find this stuff because i found the the i think it's called like the wrong number song which is just based on a random event at an early point of the game where you're in snowden if you take a corner like out of the town mm-hmm. someone calls you and says hey it's the wrong number song and they just play a little song that's like this unique little song that you've never heard before and yeah that didn't happen to me in my playthrough yeah, I, mean, I didn't get it either. I got it this time. I haven't gotten it before. And then, like, well, there's one where if you're in Hotland between between a certain time of day on a certain day of the month, there's a bonus boss called I'm Sorry. And it's just an elephant that apologizes to you over and over again. <laughs> it okay, that like was, there was some, like, weird controversy with that because it was someone who had helped crowdfund it and had their character in it. And a lot of people were, for some reason, were very angry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure it's, like, about the origin it. of that. Yeah, people were really mean. and Because people on the internet are terrible. And anything that's good, they want to get upset about it. Right. Um, Don't get upset about Undertale. This is the, let us have this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I wish there was more Metaton. Oh hell uh, yes. I don't think there. I didn't think there was enough. 
I, I love Metaton. It's so good. Like, uh, like answering the trivia questions, <laughs> and they're all bullshit. Like, uh, I think it took so me good. a while. I don't know if I realized it the first that that Alfie's is making the yeah the letters yeah. with her hands. I was playing it with someone. I was like, look, look, and oh, they were like, shit. oh. That didn't even I didn't pick up on that until just now. Yeah, she yeah. makes like a CBA with her. Yeah, it's really subtle, and she's like looks nervous and. I noticed that she looked nervous because she's constantly sweating, but <laughs> so am I. So I just thought that was normal. Uh, what do you all think of this? I am not the person who came up with this theory, but like there's a metaton is a metaphor for trans characters. Uh, theory? Yeah. Well, yeah. Because yeah. if you go into the other ghost room. Yep. It's the all house, like the next, pink, next. Yeah. The whole. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of why I say I wanted more of that. Cause I don't think those diary entries were enough for me. Yeah. You have to, at least you have to earn it around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because Napstabook is a great character. Again, very relatable, like Alphys. Just like, oh <laughs> fuck, why don't we talk about them yet? Oh my god, you meet and Napstabook. One of the first I'm, enemies. No, you meet we in the were. Whole game. I was okay. No, this is when me and Alan were on Skype and we're playing, and then Alan gets to the part where they eat sandwiches and lay down. <laughs> yes, and I just, the story. Yeah. And I just like sit there for a moment, and then Alan just goes, "Whoa." <laughs> Nothing happens for a second. You're like, oh, we're just gonna sit. That's kind of fun. Oh, and then space <laughs> happens, and you're like, what? <laughs> this game. Um, you're floating through space with the saddest ghost in the world. Listening <laughs> to Spook Wave. I wish I. I don't think it happened when I played it, but if you leave the music on and you yeah. go outside and you fight the monsters, you're like, this is weird. We're leaving. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's oh, yeah, awesome. I, I, did, I did that. Yeah, I did that, and it was uh, it was Aaron and then someone else. They're just like, this music is too spooky. We need to go. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> or the the first time you meet Napstabook and they're just like lying down on leaves. Like, this is what I do. This is where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, can you move? And they're like, sure. <laughs> just get okay. him out of the way. <laughs> that fight was amazing. Where Napstabook's tears make a top hat. And they're like, is this what do you think? You're like, oh, <laughs> I'm Aww. not feeling up, really up to it today. Oh, <laughs> Napstabook, I want to hug you. But I'll, fall, I'll just pass right through. Uh, Nasbulk is Metaton's sibling, correct? Yeah. That's, yeah, or yeah. sibling or cousin. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they live together in their weird, like, fishy houses. <laughs> yeah, know. and the mad dummy is so funny and has the best. My favorite fight music in the game is with the dummy. Totally. Um, oh, yeah. It's the most, like, listenable separately. Oh, it's so much. What else is there? We talked Metaton, we talked Alphys, Undyne. There's just all these beautiful characters. Toriel and Sans have a secret relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the lady that what's I spoke f- to across the door. Yeah, Corny what's your favorite jokes. boss battle? Ooh, mm, I like. It was too hard, but I like Moffat mm-hmm. just for the music and the fact that it kept changing stuff up. Well, what is the Moffat um, fight? Because I haven't seen it. Oh, it's really hard. You're like, and it's hard to explain to. Everything tur- she like her tea pours down, and everything is purple, and you're a purple heart, and you're sort of jumping from different tiers. It's like almost like it's like musical notes. These spiders are coming at you, and you have Whoa. to jump up and down between these different lines. And then from the bottom, this giant like cupcake bug monster comes up and is trying to eat you too. As everything's <sighs> moving left and right, like to the music, it's really cool. I dig that uh, and really difficult. Uh, my favorite boss fight, like tonally, was uh, the the No Mercy Undyne fight. Because of the music and because I like rhythm games and it feels like a DDR sort of thing where you're aiming the arrows away and stuff. Uh, but I think my favorite like boss fight that I played was uh, honestly, and this is a little bit of a cop up with the true ending Asriel fight because it's mm-hmm. so it, awesome. It's so like pumps yeah. you up yeah. and the wings are glowing and then just all your <laughs> friends are coming and helping you and you have to uncover their faces and they're like, I remember who I am. Ugh, right. ugh, emotions running high by that scene. Uh, yeah. What about you, Ryan? I think I agree with you with that because I was like low-key sobbing as i'm like calling all my friends uh yeah i'm with you there, there just... we haven't oh, go ahead i was saying we haven't talked a lot about flowey um right and i and i guess asriel because that oh just like such a great little villain oh, yeah. and yeah. so so sad i guess that's the big reveal of the lab right yeah that it's yeah that it's uh Asriel and all, and it's like what happens if you make a creature without a soul and like what because yeah. then you find out oh that's a flower he's trying to fill this void uh, wants all the souls like so that because he doesn't have one yeah Ugh. it's like I wish I could play that game with someone who's never heard of it 
and have them see the flowey fight and be like, oh, this is cute. Oh, just that moment. <laughs> I, I need that moment from someone. Uh, it's probably there's probably some Let's Play on YouTube that where someone did that. But uh, yeah, I thought that stuff was really in. That was like the cool backstory stuff because there's like a funny layer of Undertale and then there's a dark one and then there's like a weird then there's like weird Undertale. Well, there's, yeah. yeah, there's, like, Ernest Undertale, yeah, yeah. and then there's Creepypasta Undertale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is the whole, yeah. That's where that whole situation exists within. Um, and, like, Photoshop Flowey, which is what people call the normal ending <laughs> fight. Yeah, I didn't know what to call it. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good name for that. I, which I had, uh, I forget what I was looking up, but I had that spoiled for me. But it sort of out of context. So I was like, that looks weird. I'll see that later in the game, I guess. <laughs> And it's just crashing your game constantly. And then yeah. you load it up one more yeah. time. And if you have it in windowed mode, it's called like Flowey Tail or something. Yeah. <laughs> just, someone had to work for like a week to get that design element in there. And it was worth it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So many little things. What did you, The game bugged out for me when I was trying to get the true ending. It bummed me out. I almost didn't get it. Uh, I was very sad because I had so much oh, fun playing sucks. the neutral one. Uh, what's up? I was, I was like, oh, that sucks. Right. I basically, like, got to the part where you're going up to fight Asriel at the end of the core. And Alphys was mm-hmm. supposed to, like, walk with me, but then she didn't spawn or something. So when I got there, I fought Asriel and I did everything. And then uh, to start the true ending, you have to go back to... Um, you leave the hotel and then Undyne calls you and says, hey, come to Snowden, pick up the letter and deliver it to Alphys. And I did that. I got the letter... And I went to Alphys' house, and you're supposed to be able to slide it under the door, but mm-hmm. the door was open. And then <laughs> I was like, wait, is the game fucking with me? Like, I couldn't tell for, like, half an hour. And then I was like, oh, no, I actually experienced a real honest-to-goodness Undertale bug. Not a not a goof, um, but a scripting bug. And then I had to... Thankfully, again, the Undertale community is mostly amazing. Like, someone made... There's a person on Reddit who made a save at every single checkpoint of the game. <laughs> I was like, hey, here's all of the saves you could ever want. And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, here's one right after beating Flowey. I'm like, perfect. And I just, you can rename the character in an any file. And then I was able to do it from that. Uh, oh, that's great. So I wouldn't have been able to beat Undertale without the help of some friends, which is perfect. <laughs> that is. I I always say, like, oh, I'm excited to see what this person does next. But, like, what do y'all think Toby Fox is going to do next? Oh. I don't know. He's, like, loaded now, right? Like how Probably. much money for, and I and I think it was like more wildly successful than he could have, like imagined. Yeah. Uh, I don't whatever it is, I'll be playing it. Yeah, you know, I don't even have to. It's one of those things like you. Uh, I guess I have this with a lot of uh, film directors. It's like even if it's not my favorite movie, it's going to be interesting and worth watching. Right. So I'm gonna, or it's like it's going to be worth playing. I can't ever see him phoning it in. That would be really depressing if one of the most like <laughs> earnest, beautiful games ever. It just like did this awful thing next. Um, right. I don't know. Yeah, no, he should be friends with Notch. Just hook up with that guy. Oh, but I don't want to be yeah, friends with. I don't want anyone to be friends with favorite. Notch. <laughs> Notch. Uh, we try to keep negativity out of the show so we don't talk about Notch. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yell at me about negative, like being negative. Not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Toby Fox's latest tweet: If there was ever an HD remaster of Undertale, it would be exactly the same, except the annoying dog is in full high quality 3D for no reason. <laughs> oh my god i love the annoying dog too the, that's the him right where... that's supposed to be him yeah yeah just... the the scene where you get the artifact it's like you have too many dogs it's like what <laughs> it steals it. is so that when funny. you like do the piano thing yeah i had to look that okay. up oh that i didn't even so... look that up i forgot to look that up what I, okay so i i looked it up because i was like okay i'm gonna get some item that'll make the game easier and nah it just fucks with you <laughs> yeah because i couldn't get the puzzle but i i think i looked it up but i didn't read any further ahead to what i was like okay i got the the piano thing figured out oh what oh oh and then i was laughing a lot right <laughs> I thought it was really funny oh because alan alan was like this is gonna be a puzzle later i was like sure uh. whatever and then i got to it <laughs> and i don't know it's just a dumb goof oh can i ask you this now speaking of weird puzzles that i didn't find out about Yes. Uh, in Snowden, yeah. there's a character that's just like a wolf that picks up ice cubes and throws them into the river. No, no, yeah. If you go, there's if you go to the core, he's like cooling down the core. The ice cube goes all the way across the river and cools down the. Oh, core. that's awesome! Yeah. yeah, I had no idea because I didn't think to follow it. Oh, that's really clever, huh? No, yeah, no. It's like five hours later, and you see the ice cube getting to the right, core. Right. <laughs> uh, there's actually a lot of like 
um, puzzles to find if you go back and backtrack a lot. Because um, for the true ending stuff, it's like you can take the the fairy or whatever, the cool, spooky, like, Grim Reaper person that takes you across the water. And then sometimes mm-hmm. it turns into a cat. Yeah, like half the time it turns <laughs> into a cat with, or like four cat legs. Um, but you can also just walk your way all the way back through the game. Uh, and there's like a block puzzle with a rock that, that his name is like the Elder Puzzler. He's like, oh, I hate you. Like, why do you? <laughs> all the kids these days don't know what real puzzles are like. And then he pushes <laughs> block once to the right. And he's like, okay, you got me beat. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> nice. Uh, or the best one, which is when the game says, hey, do you want to do one more la- victory lap before we end the game? If you walk back to the start of the game, then uh, Asriel's right. there and has like a ton of stuff to tell you. Yeah, I think I did that. I remember that. It was like, whoa. That's like a huge lore dump that. if you care, if you're interested in finding that. Okay. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta walk you gotta walk from the end of the game to the beginning of the game and then it's just Azrael sitting at the flower bed being like, So, let's talk some shit. <laughs> oh, <man>. huh. Undertale. <laughs> Masterpiece? Yeah, I don't have I any wish... major complaints. I wish it was more accessible. How so? Like, in terms of playing it? like the I shouldn't part? have to be like, I'm going to download a trainer so my friends can beat it in a couple days. Um, or just, like, I want I want someone to be able to play Undertale without having to stress out about losing boss fights. I agree. I guess that's my main, my, like, only complaint about it. Because that stuff I works. That. that stuff works in the gen, is the genocide route where it's like, this game's supposed to be hard because the game doesn't want you to do this. Um, and it's constantly pushing back against you, so the genocide run is, like, brutal. But, like, the the true ending playthrough should just be, like, a fun little romp. And it mostly is, but then every once in a while, you're like, I died for no reason. I hate this. I was dying early mm-hmm. on. That's why I was like, I can't, I'm not going to finish this in two weeks unless we get a trainer. Uh, which bummed me out. But, alas, um, that trainer caused some very weird bugs, but I eventually got around most of them. But, yeah. Well... If you pay Temmy for her to go to college. Yep, you get the Tem armor and then you're basically <laughs> invincible. Yep. I did that. Yeah. I sold cool glasses over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> but then I sent Temmy to Coolidge. Coolidge, <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's the. You know how in the. Sorry, I know I'm just like talking about like all the little things still. But this game is just also all 100% its little moments. Um, in the yeah. hotel, when you go to like that hallway on the right, and everybody in their room is like, "Hey, did you have my item for me?" And you can like get different items from all the shops and give them to them. Really? Yeah. Uh, mm. If you go right out of the Metaton Hotel, there's like people in a hallway. They're like, "Hey, do you have my burger?" And then if you get them the burger, they do something. I'm wondering what happens if you get all of those. I don't know because mm. I definitely didn't. I wasn't able to. I did a couple of them. Um, uh, even with infinite money, you're like gonna not be able to hold all that stuff, and you have to do some inventory bouncing to do it. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. the easiest but if someone wants to let us know or i could just look it up properly there's a ton of stuff like that that weird janitor oh yeah his face melting off on yep. the other floor <laughs> this is fine <laughs> as a slime i'm outraged <laughs> your tweet was like when you're a slime and you're outraged Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It sucks that I feel like I'm forgetting something, even though, like, there's a billion things that are good about this game. Oh, yeah, we're forgetting everything, but we keep the memories in our hearts, and we all kept our saves, hopefully, so if I ever want to go back, I can just hang out with the crew again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that was enough Undertale talk. <laughs> all right, uh, we got some questions. Alan? Yes. You like comics, and you do. You're better at voices than I am. Ooh. Do you do a good Hulk voice? Uh, I can try. Yeah. All right. So the film Hulk Crick sent us some questions. Uh huh. The actual film critic Hulk. Uh, they're in the Google Doc. Yep. If you want to read them off, <clears throat> they're the ones you can tell that it's him because they're the ones in all caps. Yep. <laughs> Thank you again to film critic Hulk for sending in these questions. And totally not Jackson. Yep, not Jackson <laughs> Tyler from Laughing. Nope, it's film critic Hulk. Hulk wonders if Undertale represents a generational shift away <laughs> away from cinematic language as the core mimetic O. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say yes to that question. Definitely 100%. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Before Hulk can truly ask the question, Hulk must write seven separate introductions. Oh. <laughs> that's fair. Um, in terms of film criticism, I think film critic Hulk is up there like with one of the best. I'd buy his book. <laughs> fucking film critical 
Wasn't he the one that was like people like it, uh, women who are Hillary Clinton supporters are like have like mom issues? Me with her. Oh my god, I hate film critical. So oh, yeah, film critical. I hope you don't listen. To he this also movie. he's also done pieces in character about sexual assault in movies and about the nice. Boston Marathon bombings in the home cool. place. Good, great. which is obviously super respectful. Of, yeah, you know. for sure. <laughs> oh my god, and he, also he's on. The website he's host uh, he's posted on is uh, owned by who is the the worst person in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, film critic Holic is fairly benign, also extremely annoying. Um, there you go. I'm censoring. I was about to say, that- can you censor? <laughs> no, you know what you should do. You can cut that whole thing out if you want. No, I'm just gonna bleep it. No, you, should- you can just bleep the name. You yeah. You no, know, play the name backwards. Like, oh, it's run by. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, by uh, yep. um, <laughs> my favorite critic. Um, no, yeah, th- those are. I think those are questions. <laughs> no, all right, we have actual questions now. Awesome. From Courtney, who was here last time. Thanks for sending some questions. This is a good one. Have you ever hold? Have you ever told a joke and had someone retell it moments after, and they got the laugh? Mm. Like the person who retold the joke got the laugh. I is this sad to say that I have never I haven't been in enough like multiple person social situations for this to happen <laughs> but I totally like I can empathize with it because I know what it's like to have that like thunder stolen yeah this definitely happened more in high school I guess right right you say something and then it like doesn't land because no one heard it and then one other person says it and it kills and you're like I <laughs> <laughs> makes me mad. yeah I would hate it when I would think a joke was too obvious to say or like uh, and then someone says it and yeah. everyone laughs and I was like oh there went yeah there goes my chance at, to be famous <laughs> <laughs> no the, the uh, true worst I'm sorry Ryan is to like say a joke and you think it's good and it doesn't land because it's like not maybe it's like too subtle or it's just like too esoteric. And everyone's like, I don't even. And then you have to spend five minutes explaining it, but it's no longer <laughs> funny. And you're like, I just want to get out of this moment. <laughs> I just want to leave. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> never mind. I, did, I said nothing. I am not even here. <laughs> you just melt. <laughs> Here's another question. This, I feel like this is a personal attack on me. It is, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather have three pixie sticks dumped up your nose or only eat brown sugar Pop-Tarts for breakfast for the rest of your life? Note that this means that you can't have other foods deemed as breakfast uh, for other meals. So this is because I like I said I liked uh, brown sugar, brown sugar pop tarts <laughs> last episode, <laughs> and Courtney got really mad at me. But I'd rather do the pixie. Like I can't eat brown sugar every day of my life. That's not gonna happen. Do you just do the pixie sticks once, no. or every day? Oh, it does say. Yeah, I guess it. I guess both would apply for the rest of your life, right? Oh yeah. man! I would get like an infection. My sinuses yeah. are messed yeah. up. Yeah, you know what? I'll stick with my brown sugar pop tarts. Just have to use a neti pot every morning right after. Oh god! <laughs> all the pixie stick. No, I don't want to use a neti pot. <laughs> Ugh. Um. No, yeah, I would also do the the pop tarts, but I would also just I like eat eat breakfast less often as a result. Uh, oh yeah. I already know plenty of people that survive on not eating breakfast, and I know it's bad, but. I don't want to. I don't want to eat pop tarts. But day. like a brown sugar pop tart, like that's barely breakfast. True, true. Like you're just having a dessert and you're calling it breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why like are those marketed super as breakfast? Processed. They're just sugar. Yeah. They're marketed as breakfast food. Ugh. And on that note, <laughs> let's head over to <laughs> let's head over to some housekeeping. Clean that house. Let's clean that house. What? What? I just I've always wanted to say that when you say housekeeping. I don't know why, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who shared the last episode. That includes Brenna and Courtney. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Fireside. You can send in questions at com in comments at firesidefriendspodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We only have one review. Review us. Tell, tell your friends about this silly podcast. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Shannon, why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Plenty of Alcoves and also at Struchi Movies. That's S-T-R-U-C-C-I. And if you go on YouTube and you type in Struchi Movies or if you type in So You Want to Be a Film Nerd, you can find my web series and my other video essays as well. 
Awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Alan, where can people find you? I will also say thank you to Shannon. This was a lot of fun. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at Alan Ibrahim, spelled A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M, where I'm tweeting pictures of me being surprised that the movie Cosmopolis exists and Hamtaro, <laughs> and Hamtaro video game live streams. So <laughs> both very on brand, very exciting. Uh, what, what about you, Ryan? You can find me at Talk Detective on Twitter. I have... Um, I. I wrote a medium. That feels like a weird thing. That, like I wrote a. Medium. I wrote a like medium anybody, post. Anybody can write a medium <laughs> post, but I wrote a medium post about Slater Kinney and identity. And uh, yeah, check that out if that sounds like something you'd be interested in. And I think that's a podcast. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourself. See you later. Bye.